Hey everyone, welcome back to the Frustrated Fans, where we're venting frustrations one fandom at a time. My name is Jeremy. I'm Pete. And today, we're returning to an old favorite, direct-to-video hell. Today, we're going to be covering Dragonheart 2, A New Beginning. A sequel no one would asked for. Yep. A sequel which came out four years after the original movie. Yep. With a fifth of the budget. Yep. So, for those who don't know, Dragonheart was a medieval action movie that came out in 1996 starring Dennis Quaid and Sean Connery. Sean Connery voicing the CGI dragon Draco. Mm-hmm. The original very fun movie... And it's flawed. Yeah, it's a little flawed, but you know what? It's a fun ride, and every uh, acting wise, everyone does a really good job. Connery is fantastic as the dragon, and it was very enjoyable. Yeah. Then they decided to make a direct to DVD sequel for some unknown reason. Yep. But let's get to our experience with this franchise first. I saw the original. I saw the original on VHS probably sometime after it initially came out. And uh, having rewatched it a few months back, like you said, it's not a bad movie. For its day, the CGI effects are actually pretty good. The act- acting ranges from mediocre to actually really good. Connery, mostly. But uh, the king, uh, guy who plays King Einan, uh, yeah, he actually gets the sociopathic uh, villain pretty down. David Thelwis, thank you. Uh, you may know him as Repus Lupin from the Harry Potter series. Well, now, other people, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> it's a decent fantasy flick. Would I go out of my way to actually watch it? No, but it's the kind of movie that if it's on and I'll have the time, yeah, why not? I'll watch it. It's a decent... To its credit, it's decently balanced for both kids and adults. There are some cartoony moments, like uh, Quaid being stuck in uh, the dragon's mouth for hours, as they're kind of at a stalemate. Which was done, actually, with some pretty good um, practical effects. Yeah. It's... Let me put it this way. It's not the most original movie. There's plenty of Creature X is the last one of his or her kind. Much I as, am the last. Much less movies that show dragons that are not of the smog stereotype. Namely, burn, pillage, hoard, collect gold hoards, etc. Rape, murder, awesome and rape. You said rape twice. I like rape. Yeah. It's also one of the first movies to have a total CGI character and actually implement it pretty well. Unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it, this also paved the way for other CGI characters to become regulars in movies. This isn't very, very bad. And sometimes it, we end up with the Gungan who will not be named from Star Wars. Not really, no. Though, to be honest, after seeing what Lucas did with the... Uh... Remat like remakes of the original three. Oh. Uh, he was going for he was going to do a old CGI stuff anyway. Right. <laughs> I will say this, this if, if anything, this movie should have shown him how to do it well. I will say this: the first movie actually manages to do a uh, villain of Drawfrey Baratheon character for you Game of Thrones fans out there actually pretty well. The villain in the first movie is sociopath. He's a sociopath who who happens to be in power, a spoiled brat who has no checks on him. As far as the sequel goes, um, 
I had heard about it. I'd like seen a poster like, oh, Dragonheart 2 in the beginning, but I'd never bothered with it before now. Does this have the stink of direct video hell? Oh my, yes. <laughs> well, I originally saw the movie also in VHS. Uh, a friend of mine brought it over. I think it was like around the time I was when I was starting college. And I really enjoyed it. I had a fun time watching it. Uh, I've always been a fan of like the medieval stories, you know, and I'm a big sword guy. I've actually got a few swords. And uh, so this was like the perfect movie for me. And I really love the good blend of the series story, but also like the, the comedic moments, like Bowen being stuck in Draco's mouth. And, you know, it it did like the impossible job of balancing a movie that can appeal to pretty much anybody. So I really got to give him credit for that. Like, and, like we said, it's it's got some flaws, no doubt, but it's an okay movie at the end of the day. Yeah, and shockingly enough, I think this is the only Sean Connery movie I've ever seen. You've never seen Bond movies? Bond. James Bond. Or, I don't like James Bond. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Or uh, so, was I, it League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I've seen pieces of that. I haven't seen the whole movie. That was the movie that ended his career, unfortunately. Not Ouch. because he was bad yeah, actor, I, but it just, just he was retiring up. after the end of that. Yeah, he, he did retire, um, which, good for him. Yeah. You know, I mean, he didn't really need to continue on. He's like, I've done it all. I'm good. <laughs> um, I also really like the music in the movie, and I even have the actual CD soundtrack, and I was playing a little bit of it for Pete earlier. Yeah. And I think it's really fun. I didn't know anything about the sequel. I just remember one day I was with a few friends at Blockbuster, which I guess that dates me a little bit, <laughs> and and uh, we found the DVD there, and I went, are you friggin' kidding me? What is this? <laughs> Get off! What is this? Uh, then I just kind of went, nope, I'm not watching this. Goodbye. Unfortunately, though, when I decided to get Dragonheart on DVD... It was cheaper to get it with the second movie than by itself, so I bought it. Well, the fact that you didn't watch it at the time is probably not bad, because, let's be honest here, a bad sequel can ruin the original. Yeah, sometimes. At least some of your enjoyment of the original. There, I would say, I, I've watched only the smallest piece of Hunchback 2 from Disney, <laughs> and I wanted to wanted to hurt things after seeing just that little stripe because the original Hunchback is one of my favorite of the Disney's. Mm. It's funny. I've seen... The only Disney direct-to-DVD sequels that I've watched were Return of Jafar and... Well, and the third one, the Aladdin and the... King of Thieves. And and the King of Thieves. And then I saw uh, The Lion King 2 and Lion King... One and a half, which is quite possibly one of the funniest movies Disney has ever created. Um, but both, I actually, I remember when I watched Return to Far as a kid, I always really loved it, and I haven't watched it in a very long time, so I don't no. know if I'd still enjoy it. But I remember I did watch Lion King two way later on, and it doesn't ruin the first one for me. But it's granted, it's not a terrible piece of crap or anything. But no, I mean. We will get to Disney direct-to-video sequels someday, and they range oh, yeah. from tolerable to really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, um, I know there was a Cinderella 2 and 3. 
Yeah, I looked this up. Um, two is supposed to be really bad, and three is supposed to be actually pretty good. Because it Isn't makes Cinderella the- actually have to work for her happy ending. <laughs> but yeah, so I never actually paid this movie much mind until we decided to cover it for the podcast. So right. was it as bad as I expected? Let's let's find out. So if there's there there are fanboys of this movie, and apparently there are. I'm not exactly one of them, but I really hoped you didn't mind that this this movie within the first let's be generous minute just decides to unzip and piss all over <laughs> the first movie's plot and character development. Because not only do we not get any returning characters. Maybe that's a good thing, well, actually. Well, um, what we do, we we get um, old, totally not played by Dennis Quaid Bowen for about half a second. Yeah, <laughs> with about a ten goofy seconds. goofy ass yeah. beard. Um, that's about all we get. And then um, everything else is brand spanking new. Yeah. Because... You know, to be, to be honest, the way they set this one up, I wasn't that bugged with it. Because it could have been, oh, this is Draco's spirit in like enters some dragon's dead body and it comes back to life or some stupid crap no, like that. No, that would actually be interesting. Like some <laughs> crisis forces a dragon to come back. No, yeah. this one it was they they found an egg. Because apparently, <laughs> Which, uh, oh well, I mean they could have done worse. It could have been dumber. It could have just been a dragon shows up and goes, "No, I'm the last." Okay, fair enough. That is dumber. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Doesn't that happen? Spoilers! Whoops, spoilers! Uh, no, no. Remember what I said in regards to Star Trek Into Darkness. You can't spoil what's already rotten. Uh, so the movie begins with a basic begins with a similar narration from the previous first movie's Bronk brother, Gilbert. Except it's a brother... Brothers! Uh, I mean, the character's irrelevant. Let me put it that way. This other you know, monk... You know what? I honestly don't remember any character's name out of this entire movie outside of the dragon because they just called him Drake, so yeah. that was like simple to remember. I really don't remember any name of any other character in this movie. Okay, here we go. No, Monk Mansell is that? Uh, uh, wow. Okay. Um, that that that's a really dumb name. So this Nuk- Monk Mansell begins the movie telling us how this all happened when he was a boy, and you know. Bowen found an egg, and it mom's, and he gave it to Brother Peter's monastery, and they were supposed to raise it in secret. Oh. Jingle bells, Batman smells, Bowen found an egg. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, Brother Gilbert in the first movie, he's comic relief. And that's not a bad thing. You know, he, he, he kind of provides some levity to the film in where it counts. But, you know, that, that's not a bad thing. Brother Mansell, oh God, he does literally nothing of importance. He's there for he has comic relief, but it's unneeded comic relief. It's oh, yeah, was simply there one. just so they can get uh, spit jokes for kids to laugh at. Wait, spit jokes? It, Drake spits God, on him at one point at a loogie. Oh right! Dear See how Lord, forgettable this is. Yeah, this movie actually that might be one of its strengths. It's forgettable. <laughs> you forget that you watched it. Okay. 
So while we're getting introduced to this narration, suddenly we find another character. Jeff, who's played by Christopher Masterson, who for the played the oldest brother in Malcolm in the Middle. He's supposed to be our Bowen replacement. But he's literally the generic boy boy farmer tired of farm life stereotype. Seriously, you could cut out any other character of coming age story of almost any other movie, paste it over this character, and nothing of value would have been lost. There is nothing unique about this character. Yeah, and people, you're going to find out in this movie that it's essential. They should just rename this to Cliché City. TV Tropes the movie. I'm sorry, TV Tropes. You're much better than that. Yeah, and remember on TV Tropes website, they specifically say tropes are not clichés. Yeah. So well, we'll we'll continue the uh, forgettable summary after a quick forgettable break. So our bad guy in this is a mysterious Lord Osric. Okay, but he's not. Bad yet. So he's don't dr- know no, I'm sorry. He's yet. dressed like the sheriff of Rottingham from Robin Hood Men in Tights. Did you notice this? <laughs> he kind of looked like him too. Yeah, he really did. <laughs> Except that would have been more entertaining. Um, oh my god, that would have been great, especially if he picked up like his speech impediment. He dared to kill a king's dare. <laughs> so this mysterious Osric shows up, and we're told that the people are okay with this because this king is. Acting all so crazy these days. Absent-minded king. Jasmine, you have to get married. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) Pretty much. That's the character archetype. So, Osric swears to abide by the old code. Yep. If we're going to use the first movie's material, we're going to name drop it any chance we get. And starts implementing new laws that force everyone addressed to their particular station with colors and styles under pain of whipping. Okay. Um, That's eerily racist. (laughs) Racist, yes, but it would have been pretty accurate to medieval life. I'm sorry. This is true. It's still kind of... Oh, no. And it never really went anywhere, either. Yeah. It's just there to provide stupid conflict, and somehow we're supposed to take away from it that this is the worst thing ever. I'm like... Of all time. Not really. I mean... This is medieval life. People rarely got moved outside of whatever class they were born into. I mean, unless a rich family collapsed or somehow a poor family rose up from something, you pretty much lived and died at the same wealth wealth bracket you started at in life. And yeah. since the first story took place in the 900, late 900s, this is what early – at best, it's early 1000s. Um, yeah, this is medieval life. Oh no, you're being forced to wear a green tunic. You know, cry me a river. I was kind of surprised that they included the punishment of, we're going to whip you with lashes in a kid's movie. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know, it started going into weird kinky territory at that point, I guess. So, why are we writing... I, but the obvious to why they're putting this in a kid's movie is pretty obvious. 
I like something like everyone is equal. You can do anything if you believe. Yep, kids movie. Captain Planet. Yeah, it, it, yeah, kids movie. I mean, the idea that medieval that medieval life sucked for ninety percent of the population. You you can't really say that. Yep. So then we get the introduction of two very. Uh, um, colorful character. Oh. I have a funny story for this part. By all means. So, Pete actually kind of warned me about this, but I completely forgot about this part. So he said that there were two stereotype characters in this movie. And I completely forgot he mentioned this when I was watching. So... All we see at first are these two, like, shadows of the characters, and you hear this vaguely stereotypical Chinese music. So my first reaction, I swear to God, I'm sitting there, I go, oh, hello. No, no, that's wrong. I, I, you know what? I should give this movie a chance. I, I'm being bad. You're a little bit racist. Then they walk in, and one of the and it's two horrible Asian stereotypes, and one of them starts talking like this. I guess we're both a little bit racist. And I went, oh god, I was right. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was... <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, because so... they Because they need some stereotypical... Um, outsiders to train the new dragon on how it uses powers. Everyone's a little bit racist sometimes. Yep, so you get the stereotypical old Asian dude, complete with, like, the Fu Manchu mustache. And wearing a funny hat. Wearing the funny hat. You get his chargeless boy, who is actually a girl who knows martial arts and beats the crap out of grown men. Yeah, and, um, look, this actress is obviously trying, so I'm not faulting her. No, she actually does a very good job. Yeah. But they, they they couldn't get a Japanese or Chinese or Korean actress here. They <laughs> The actress they pick to play an Asian character... She looks Hawaiian or Samoan. Yeah. Which, this is about on par with the WWE getting this giant Samoan guy and calling him Yokozuna and giving him a Japanese wrestler gimmick. Along with a manager who talk like this. It's business and pleasure. Mm-hmm. Mostly business. Who actually was Asian? <laughs> oh, God. So, great job, guys. That's, that's fantastic. You know, for kids! <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, we then get introduced to Drake, the dragon. Baby dragon. Which... To be completely fair, we both agreed on this. This movie had an $11 million budget. It's directed DVD. The CGI is not going to be anything special. No, I The mean, CGI is actually not that bad. No, and I, there's I, only one, por- one point the CGI becomes completely obvious and, and really bad looking. For yeah. an $11 million budget, this is actually pretty well constructed. Yeah, and they do a good job of hiding, like, the weaknesses in the CGI. They actually use practical effects for a few moments in the movie. Mm-hmm. That they, 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 they were conscious of the problem. 
Right. So, you know what? And I will to be give fair, um, if this is supposed to be Drake, Draco's kid, Drake, he looks like his father. I mean, he does. there's a definite physical resemblance we're supposed to take away from this. Yeah, and they did a good job with it. It really looks like a younger Draco. Yeah. So, great job. Yeah, I'm, we're uh, not going to fall that. The only time the CGI falls apart is when we have our final climax. Which, yeah, that was the point where I was like, oh, they weren't trying to hide their weaknesses. They were saving up all the budget they had left for this part. We need to talk again, go back to this bad guy. So if this had just been a stereotypical um, evil medieval lord slowly poisoning the king to take over this kingdom, and that's literally what it sounds like it's going to be as the movie goes on. But no, he sets up this elaborate ruse Brings the boy, like, he has Jeff with him, and he's like, I'm going to teach you how to become a knight. I'm going to... I'm going to place him in an easily escapable situation involving an overly elaborate and exotic death. Piss off this guy who is bullying you because we have to have the stereotypical bully, even though that plot thread never gets resolved. No, it it really doesn't, does it? No, it doesn't. At one point in the movie, uh, what's his face? See, I can't remember his name. Jeff. He keeps getting mm-hmm. bullied by these, essentially these knights in training at the castle. They tell him to, oh, you can't look us in the eye because you're a peasant. You are different, and that's bad. Yep, and so the villain dude walks past him, and he's like, you know, Jeff here is going to be a knight. If you keep treating him like a lesser, I'll have you whipped. And that's the last we see of this kid until the end of the movie, where he just sees the dude turn into the dragon and just kind of stands there and goes, Oh my Aww. god. And, yeah, and that's it. We know he doesn't do anything else in the movie. So that's a great <laughs> message for kids. It. Have a bully problem? Well, just get an older adult to handle it. Just have a, just get an adult to threaten to whip him. Yeah. <laughs> so he sets up this elaborate trap so that like he pretends to sacrifice himself to save Jeff and he's like, "Give me a part of Draco's heart so I can live." Right. And then all of a sudden, Jeff, who has ESP or something, goes, wait a minute, you're not really hurt, even though I saw a bloody spear come out of your chest? <laughs> and then he goes, he found us out, get him! And then, like, all these dead soldiers just jump up because they're not really dead and rush this kid. He, they feel, what they, they were, uh, um, they're not dead yet. He can dance and he can sing. He is not dead yet. He can do the Highland Fling. Ha <laughs> ha, references. I was going to say, they were only mostly dead. Well, it just so happens that your friend here is only mostly dead. Yeah, I'm referencing Spamalot. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I do. So, we find out at the end that the dragon, or not the dragon, the villain is actually a dragon. In human form. In human form. Uh, And this comes... Right the hell out of nowhere. Yep. Makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, but is somehow integral to the plot. He grabs this medallion from the Asian people and rips it open and goes, It's my heart! And he takes this withered dragon's heart, sticks it into it, like cuts himself open, sticks it in his chest, which is kind of brutal for a kid's movie, and then transforms into a stereotypical Asian dragon, complete with the really long mustache. So everyone's a little bit racist. Okay! 
literally, I mean, we're we're get we're entitled to a speech where he explains how he got turned into a human and, um, oh my god, and you know how he hates mankind, blah 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 blah, and blah 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 prejudice, blah 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 dragons, blah 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 human form, pretty much. I mean, you, um, and um, yeah, it's like what. Where did yeah. this come from? Yeah. And so we we will get to the uh immense CGI fail right after a quick break. Who is Chinese? Yi Lu. Oh I wasn't my just being racist. God. Uh hi there, young one. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even being racist. Oh uh, hello! <laughs> We're back. So I kind of forgot to mention so, they were copying the the whole let's raise an army and attack the king thing from the first movie, but it's unimportant because that's not how the finale ends. Um, yeah, we find out they're – oh, yeah, we find out they're actually brainwashing the king with like a weird uh, medicine, quote-unquote, that they give to the comic relief monk that causes him to strip off almost all his clothes except his underwear and act like a total goober. My. <laughs> yep. So yeah. that happens. And he, uh, which, they, it did result in one relative, I'll give them this, this was kind of another cliche, but it was kind of funny, where he goes to, like, the old Asian dude, and he's like, did you know your grandson is really a girl? But, shh, don't worry, I won't tell anyone. I was like, that, that, was, that wasn't bad. Yeah. But, so, then we get... The uh, evil dragon is like, join me, Drake. Together we will rule the world. Well, let me try this. But if he could to be turned, he could be a powerful ally. <laughs> Essentially, yeah, that's what we're giving. Yeah. He's like, and, uh, and to be and fair, Drake, um, Drake's having a natural reaction to. Even though he knows the guy, he's like evil of all evil beyond all evil. He's like, I'm not the last dragon, dragon anymore. Huh. But I, I I love the fact that Drake's voice when he reacts to this is exactly the same as his voice when he's trying to fly and failing. Yeah. Yeah. We, all, for the most part, the acting in this movie isn't bad, except for Drake's voice actor. Talk who just like talks this. like this, in this same voice, in this same tone, for the entire movie. So at, the ver- so at one point, he's like, oh... He quotes what I believe is what one of the creators of this movie said after they wrote the script, which is, I believe this was a bad idea. I believe this was a bad idea. We're going to crash. And so then at the end of the movie, he's like, I'm not the only dragon. There is another dragon. He called me brother. Brother? And how did Sean Connery handle his acting in the first movie? Suck on it, Trebek. I am the last. Or, I hope you like it well done. <laughs> or when he's actually honored to be called Draco. Yeah. That was actually one of my favorite moments of the movie. Yes, it's stupid naming a dragon Draco. Thank you. Yeah. But so he explains why he's honored. Dragon in your tongue, you call me dragon in another. He explains, he explains why he's honored. You know, the fact that the constellation Bowen's naming him after is sacred to dragons. Which you do see that constellation in this movie, too. Which I'm pretty sure they're just reusing footage from the first movie. Hey! hey. It's almost like <laughs> they did for the dragon fart scene. 
Yeah. So as a joke, whenever we so just a little behind the scenes thing. Whenever we put this together, do you guys see like a goofy name for something? I'm usually the one doing that. Yeah, you're like, better I'll, at it. So yeah, I, I create was when I create our doc, Google Doc. I always create like a parody name based Which off of whatever. Ends we're up covering. becoming our episode name most of the time. Yeah, and so for this one, before even watching the movie, I just called it Dragon Fart. <laughs> Uh, because I came up with it off the top of my head. So I watched the movie, and there is actually a scene where the, where Drake farts, shoots out a fireball, and blows up half a village. Well, he, he's probably traveling back in time here to blow up half a village. His farts yeah, are because it, it was funny, too. It was when I saw this scene, I went, oh, so that's where the special effects budget went. No, I then read online... They spliced in a clip from the first movie I went where back, Draco burns half a village. I went back and actually looked at the footage. Yes, it, the film literally changes to the first movie for about three seconds to show the this devastation of this explosion. And then we're back to the regular. I mean, the, other movies have done this. Hell, Star Trek Generations reused the Klingon bird of prey explosion scene from Star Trek VI. Yep. How do you know that? Because I'm a nerd! So, it's not like big-budget movies don't do this, too. Or, heck, even TV shows did this. I remember the old Spider-Man 90s show would reuse friggin' footage from every episode, and it was great watching season three stuff that you reused footage from, footage from like, the first episode of the show, mm-hmm. especially when it was the wrong background. Like, you see the lizard going to fight Tombstone, and all of a sudden the lizard's in the sewer again. Great job, guys! So, this thing is done a lot, but it, it is just kind of funny. Oh, yeah, so back to the end of the movie. Drake is uh, being disillusioned by Darth Vader. I mean, the evil dragon. And Jeff goes, No, Drake, I'm sorry I ignored you so I could fulfill my dream of becoming a knight. The man who broke a dragon's heart. And I'm sorry I strained our friendship that has lasted for all of three days. Actually, I, th- I think they're implied that it's been longer than that. But you, if you weren't paying attention to the narration, and honestly, why would you? Um, there was narration. Yes. You know, it it seems like three days. Just, but no, it's. I think it's supposed to be implied that it's supposed to be over maybe a month or two. Even um. then, this is stretching it. Yeah. So Drake then goes. No, I won't join you. Let us fight. And so the two of them have this awful, awful fight in midair. And the peasants are staying around in the air looking up like it's fireworks. Yep. To their credit, they do cut away from it. You'll just see, like, the results of it, or you'll see, like, a tail whipping. So they did try to cut away with it a little bit, probably because they put put together some and went, wow, this looks like crap. Mm Mm-hmm. And they both drop down, and finally Drake is able to use his ice breath that he wasn't able to use before, but can magically use now because narrative convenience. And he shoots it, and it hits the evil dragon right in the crotch, and then covers him in ice, and he falls and shatters and pieces of like Into pieces everywhere. of styrofoam. Yep, they stick into walls and everything, and Drake goes, I defeated him. And they're like, Drake, you did it! And he goes, where's Jeff? And he turns over, and, well, there's Jeff Whoops. impaled by a piece of ice. Yeah, um, 
And so he but has to course, share his heart. They can't heart get him. away with this movie without having to reenact the whole heart sharing scene from the first one. Which, if I remember right, in the first movie, wasn't that like a big deal that it hadn't been done before? It it's, had only been done like it's one, rare. It was like it's a, very rare because most dragons wouldn't do it. Yeah, and this one, I mean, it actually kind of it actually makes sense, like based on the two characters, and they wouldn't know the gravity of it. Yeah, they're both young. So, yeah, so I, I can give them that. It is blatantly ripping off the first one, but to be honest, it is Dragonheart 2. They they kind of have to. Yeah. So then how does the movie end? Does Jeff become a knight? Nope. He and Drake just fly off into the wild blue yonder and go, let's go on an adventure! Even though they never talked about that at all. Okay, wonderful. Well, there was a reference where um, Jeff wanted to be like, okay, uh, I want to go over those mountains and leave this country behind. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that part. So then they but fly off. But fair, you didn't remember it, and it's it's forgivable. You know. Yeah, it was like one little bit. And most of the movie was him saying, I want to become a knight. I want to become a knight. I want to become a knight. I want to be a cowboy, baby. Which is, I want to be a Jedi like my father before me. Oh, wait. Which is ironic because most of the actual knights he meets are bullies. You maybe that's why he to decides be one not of to them. be one at the end. What? Actually, maybe that's why he decides not to be one at the end. He's like, no, knights are dicks. I'm going to go fly off and eh. solve mysteries. If that's drag. what they were going for, they didn't exactly make it obvious or foreshadow it or any of that. Yeah. I'm grasping at straws. What do you want from me? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I'm a, oh, you know what? My, this is my coda to the movie. They fly off and show up at random locations across the globe and start solving mysteries. Jeez. Uh-oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> they go on a world tour, <laughs> which lasts 24 episodes. <laughs> um... Oh, God, I hate you. <laughs> Maybe they I think they probably find a griffin in England. <laughs> well, I'm surprised that you didn't go for an Easter Island joke, honestly. Oh, God. <laughs> in short, this movie is cliched. It, yeah, like yeah. we mentioned before. The movie doesn't try anything new. It just has a license that... They've got $11 million to do something with, so, okay, let's just make a Babysit Your Kids film. Yeah. And to be honest, it's not that bad. It, oh, there I've are seen, far worse directed video There are far worse. By far. Yeah, I mean, shoot. Jingle all the way, too. I don't know if we're ever topping that piece of junk. The worst movie ever! I mean, for goodness sake, that... Of yes. all the, if I had to choose between any of the direct-to-video hell movies we've watched so far, to, I'd actually recommend that people should watch. This is the only one because yeah. I'd rather punch my, I'd rather get punched in the balls than watch Brainiac attacks again. Yeah, I doubt that's actually true. Uh, uh, I don't you know. You really want to be punched in the balls? Let's be honest here. I, I've been hit. Okay, I'm not even going to go into it. <laughs> I can handle it, okay? I used to take karate. I got kicked there once, on accident. Fair enough. <laughs> right? Um, so yes, I get no, what you're saying. Yeah, this is not that terrible. Is it good? No. Is it atrociously bad? Absolutely not. It, no, yeah, but it does kind of deserve direct-to-video hell. 
yeah, it, it deserves to mention. It deserves to be looked at, and it's not that bad. It's better than the other movies we've covered. It's better than plenty of other direct-to-video sequels, we're going to say. Yeah. And <sighs> we'll, we'll finish this up uh, right after a quick break. I am the last part of the podcast. Um, I see Donatello on your webcam. Leonardo. Um, oh, it looked like Donatello. Yes, thank you, Connery. Go back to your You're cage. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. So, <laughs> well, is there anything else we need to mention? I think you mentioned uh, something about uh, costume and set design. Yeah, the costume and set design for this movie was actually quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like all the set, there was like one or two sets in the movie that looked bleh. Like there, there's a scene where evil villain, evil stock villain number fifty takes um, naive farm boy number fifty five up to the roof, and they have this obvious like here's a canvas backdrop for the orange sky. But other than that, it actually looks pretty good. You know, the sets look really nice. The costumes look perfectly fine. You know, I I was very impressed with how good this movie actually looked overall. Yeah, I, I won't besmirch on that. There are, with there are a few exceptions, it doesn't come quite up to the first movie's design, which actually pre- pretty good medieval. Excuse me. Uh, look good medieval. But, mm-hmm. yeah, for a, a kid's movie, it's pretty okay. Yeah, and for something that had a fifth of the budget of the first movie, too. Because the first movie had, like, a budget of $57 million, this had $11 million, so... Right. With the budget they had, I was actually very impressed with, like, how the movie looked, how the visual effects looked. Yeah, there were plenty of visual effects in it that were... Bleh, but in the action scenes in it were questionable at points. But again, you can only do so much with a limited budget. So, that... Like I said, outside of the final battle of the bad CGI dragons at the end, they actually worked really well with the budget that they had. Like, they didn't try to overreach anything. Yeah. So, good for, you know, good for them. That, more, uh, if more places, you know, more producers could look at that and be like, hmm, maybe I don't need that extra hundred million dollars for this one explosion. Nobody in particular. Yeah. I'm, I'm certainly not referencing a filmmaker whose last name starts with a B. It ends with an A, I'm going, to, I'm going to stab him with a pitchfork? Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did that come out? <laughs> you gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the man is putting a Bumblebee cameo in the new Turtles movie, so... Yep. Which, now there's, like, conflicting things about that. They're like, no, it's just a little joke. And I'm like, eh, it probably is going to happen. Yeah. It'll probably happen. A little and joke then, would be like the a little joke would be just if it's if I don't know a toy reference. If they put any of that character in that, you know, it would actually be funny if Michelangelo was like, "Hey, check out this cool toy! It turns from a Camaro into a yellow robot." Donnie turns to him and says, "Mikey, that's not real. <laughs> that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard." A car turning into a robot. Ridiculous. Yep. 
I, for one, will be boycotting this movie. Who's with me? Yeah. And then, you know, apparently they did make a third Dragonheart movie, which just came out last year. It's on Netflix. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Well, you from may what I read on, one in the future. Yeah. From what I read on Wikipedia, it's actually a prequel, and it was a lot better received than the second one. Uh, apparently, a couple critics actually said it was comparable to the first movie. I, I find that hard to believe. Yeah, I actually kind of want to see it based off of that. I'm like, no, I, I want to either call you on it or be pleasantly surprised. So, so what do you want to do next, then? Well, I recently uh, we watched a certain I watched a certain reboot because that seems to be everything Hollywood does nowadays. That is throws it down, there, Chief. Yeah, let's let's reboot everything. Let's reboot movies that don't need a reboot. Let's like reboot movies. Yeah, yeah let's reboot funny. movies, movie franchises that really should have stayed dead. Let's reboot a movie franchise where it got diminishing returns on the second and third movies. I am a Robo So we're going to be covering the RoboCop circa 2014. That are good. You're getting released to the theaters. Yep. I'm sorry. That All was right. bad of me. Yep. <laughs> All right, folks. We'll see you next time. Take care, everyone. I've got to ask you. About the penis mightier. <laughs> what? No, no, that's that's the pen is mightier. Gushy it up however you want, Trebek. What matters is, does it work? <laughs> Will it really mighty my penis man? <laughs> it's not a product, Mr. Connery. Because I've ordered devices like that before. Wasting a pretty penny. I don't mind telling you.